Hey guys, it's Kate from the Crime Pursuit team. Just popping in to say that if you like the podcast and want to support us, take a minute to write us a review and give us a five-star rating. The more views and ratings we get will only help our podcast grow and continue to keep bringing you the quality content you love. Also, hit the subscribe button for up-to-date information and new episodes. We'd really appreciate it. Now, back to the show. Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bounds along with Camille Flores and we don't have a brand new pursuit. We are here with our SVE Special Victims episode and we got a, a new case here that we really like for you guys to hear a young lady that is from the East Coast. Um, Camille do you want to introduce our new guest? Yes I do. Um, so our guest is Cindy and when I first um, came across this case um, it was something that hit um, close to home a little bit and I kind of felt a connection with this so I went ahead and I reached out to Cindy and we just immediately clicked we talked and it was just something that we had a lot in common and so it was like I was talking to somebody that I've known for a long time and um, I really enjoyed speaking with her and at the end of our conversation um, she said I wish I could give you a hug and that meant a lot to me because um, it just her story made me very emotional and she's the sweetest person that I've spoken with I've spoken with lots of women and I told her that um, you know, I changed the word from victim to survivor. And she said, I like that. And I said, yeah, I said, I, you know, I wanted to change that word. Um, so I usually tell a lot of the women I talk to that's what I've done. But, uh, you know, I'll let her go ahead and kind of tell you her survivor story. But she's just an amazing person. So I'll kind of let her take over and tell yeah, you what Yeah, yeah, I remember you, know. you was telling me yeah. about that. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you guys. Okay, so um, you heard what everything that Camille said. So tell us about yeah, your story. Tell you us what me. happened. <laughs> so I am 25 years old. All of this started when I was around seven or eight and went on until I was 11. But then there were also other instances in my teenage years. I have a brother and a sister. My sister married when she was 17 or 18. She got pregnant at 17. And so, you know, I became an aunt at like seven years old. And that was like the highlight of like my little seven-year-old life. Um, I absolutely adored my niece. So 
any chance like I would get to go spend the night at my sister's house, I would. And her husband would um, take advantage of me and molest me any chance he could. And um, I didn't understand that, you know, until I was a little bit older, around the age of 12, that I started to understand what had been going on all those years. So it was pretty consistently about every weekend that I would go stay with my sister and he would make a point to like wake up at the same time that I would because I would wake up early and you know go like get a bowl of cereal watch tv or whatever and pretty much like five minutes after that he would come out and um then when I was 15 I decided to tell my parents and they didn't really do anything about it they were just I mean obviously they were in shock but they decided that it wasn't worth telling my sister about because they said that it just wasn't a good enough reason to break up their marriage, basically. It wasn't a so, good enough reason to break up her marriage? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So um, another thing to take note is that I am Hispanic, and um, Camille can relate to this in the Hispanic culture. It's very typical for things like this to be hush-hush, like, you don't bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Camille, why is that? Why is that in the, the Spanish community? Many, many cases we've heard this that where they said that uh, we have quite a few Spanish women on our show that's saying the same thing. Why is this? Can you explain this? Um, I think um, it's just that a lot of Hispanic families, especially like old school Hispanics, they don't they think of like, what are people going to say? Um, they're going to be talking about us. And, you know, that's one thing that older Hispanics don't want is, like, they don't want to have that gossip. They don't want to be talked about. Um, they don't want it to be known in their family that they have people like that in their family. And they just would rather have it hush-hush than for it to be out there. Um, they would rather have their family looking fine than to know that they have, like, a pedophile or somebody in their family. Even if they do they'd rather have it be hush hush nobody knows this and I don't know it's just something that as I got older I realized there's there was more and more of that so when she was telling me this it was like oh yep yep it was like checking off my own story of like oh yeah yep I it was exactly how it was in my family so no one take yeah. it no one took into consideration that a, a young child was being hurt no <laughs> no it's no, I mean, it was just, like, for them, it was, I think, also that I told them when I was 15, and I said, you know, this happened when I was, you know, a kid. Right. Younger than a kid. Um, That it was just kind of like, well, it, you know, it's in the past. Like, just let it go. Um, And their response, you know, was just to, like, you know, tell me that it wasn't a good enough reason, but also make a point to tell me to dress more appropriately dress and more appropriately to, yeah like so basically they were saying you know eight-year-old me asked for it wow so i struggled a lot with stuff like that you know i'm sorry to interrupt you but camille no, you're fine. you went through that situation where i believe your aunt told you when you were uh sexually assaulted that you were told to dress uh, more appropriately right yes yeah, look how you dress look how you act if you wouldn't do that then, you know, you 
he probably asked for it, um, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, excuse me, but no grown man should even look at a, a baby, yeah. kid in that way. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I should be able to wear, you know, whatever you a, want, a certain pair of shorts or basically whatever I want and not have and not say, oh, I can't wear this because the neighbor is going to, you know, get thoughts and that's going to be my fault. Yeah. yeah. So, Cindy, that's pretty much the same thing you went through, right? Yeah, exactly the same thing. Um, and then it was just kind of more ingrained into me, you know, as I hit my teenage years to just, you know, only wear like jeans and like a T-shirt and don't be revealing. Don't, you know, like watch, like Camille said, like watch your body language. Don't don't do anything that might insinuate that you want it. OK, so can you be first of all, we're, we're hiding uh, Cindy's identity. This is not her real name. She, you know, wanted to remain anonymous because of her situation. And here at Crime Pursuit, we respect that. Now, Cindy, can you go in a little detail about how you were sexually assaulted? Yeah. So, like I said, he would make a point to wake up around the same time that I would. Um, and he would come out and just kind of, like, try to strike up a conversation like, how did you sleep, this and that. Um, and then he would sit next to me and then proceed to just slowly, like, lift me onto his lap. And, you know, as a kid, I just kind of froze, like, I'm supposed to be trusting any adults that's around me. So he would um, lift me up onto his lap and I would be able to feel you know, his uh, genitals, and he would just kind of, like, rub my thighs, like, in the middle of my thighs and, like, between my legs. That was most of what he did, like, when I was from 8 to 11. And then later on, I remember I went to my sister's house for something. I must have been, like, 13 years old, and he cornered me in my niece's room of all places, and pushed me down on the bed and just like laid on top of me and was like smelling my hair and stuff and so that was most of like what my abuse consisted of um as far as i can recall he never raped me but you know i'm still working through all of that and uh recovering memories yeah that's a horrible thing for you know a child to go through but i'm still stuck at you know Camille, we've had numerous young women on the show that come on here, and at one point or a time, they told their parent or parent about them being sexually abused, and the parents just is like, well, you should dress differently. We don't want to ruin the relationship. We don't want to ruin the marriage. Right. I'm just I'm just lost on this. And when you said earlier, this is something that goes on in the Hispanic community. And it's like, I wonder how many more victims are out there that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of these things that I guess, like for me to find out being older, that in my own family, how many secrets have like kind of gone on that I find out now that I'm like, what? 
how can you keep that many secrets? How how do you conceal that many secrets? Because secrets don't stay hidden for very long because right. all it takes is one person to say something and then it's like these people start, you know, these right. secrets start coming up. For whatever reason that Hispanic families, they just want to like take these secrets like to the grave. Um, I don't know what it is, but I, I know that there there has to be more of these Hispanic family secrets that are out there um, that I'm hoping and I'm praying that, you know, we can, that we can get more of these voices heard because this is something that I know for a fact being a child and having that carried and is, and you too, Cindy, having that carried, it's a lot of weight and it's more weight when you carry it like by yourself, but it's, something it's a different kind of weight when you tell somebody especially like your family and then you're told like you're lying or not even that you're lying just that oh stop like it's not a big deal like do this and it wouldn't happen or do this it's like why couldn't it just be okay I believe you were going to do something and that's it yeah like why can't it just be that that simple it almost it almost makes you think that it's only that simple in like the movies and like stuff like that doesn't exist when you see stuff like that. Like that's what it made me believe that stuff like that in real life doesn't happen. Like it always, I grew up thinking like that's not how families act is like you don't grow up and have your family protect you. Like you only read that in books and you only see that in movies where you run to your family and you say this happened and, you know, your family does something about it and, you know, your dad goes and finds them and does something or, you know, whatever it is. But I grew up thinking, oh, that doesn't happen because it just didn't. Well, let me ask you, Cindy, that have you ever confronted your, your abuser? I have not confronted him. Last year I did tell my brother and actually I told my sister. My brother, I mean, he is amazing. He is my absolute biggest supporter in my family. He has always been there for me. And it truly, truly upset him. And even more so that he has his own daughter who, like, he has let around this abuser. It it broke him. It, it really did. He was very, very upset. And even more upset that my parents didn't do anything, um, just like, you, Ed, he was just in disbelief that they could just write it off and not do anything. Did he confront your parents about it? Um, no. Uh, none of us have confronted our parents. I'm working my way up to it. Um, okay. My mom has a lot of um, mental health issues that are untreated, and I know that, like, a a conversation like that would kind of send her spiraling. So I'm just trying to find the best way to go about it without. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. So let's talk about when you told your sister what happened. So my husband went with me and also my sister-in-law and so my brother's wife. Um, they went with me as like my support and backup. And I had written out a letter with the help of my therapist to kind of explain and say everything that I wanted to say to my sister. Um, and as soon as those words came out of my mouth saying, your husband molested me when I was a child, she just broke down. And I mean, I have never seen or heard anyone sob like she did. 
and she just felt horrible and even more so that she was she's always been very into like women's rights and kind of like educating young women on like their bodies and being you know sexually positive and stuff like that and she was very upset with herself and blaming herself that she didn't see the signs you know like she saw when I was 12 where just like my demeanor completely changed from like a bubbly happy 12 year old to an extremely dark depressed antisocial quiet kid that just I was angry I was very very angry through like all my teenage years um and you know then she started wondering if uh, her daughters had been through something like that and she just hadn't noticed it and she just she had a lot of questions and by the end of it she she said that she would do something about it and or handle it um, but you know it's a year later and she's still with him so I think I've got my answer as far as that goes you know that she's going to stay with him and I discussed that with my therapist when I was getting ready to talk to talk to my sister and I came to terms with it but it was still difficult you know like in the last year losing that relationship with my sister because she and I were very very close like I went to her for everything so it's been really difficult getting used to not having you know a sister as my best friend okay let me ask you something now you guys were you were pretty close uh before you told her am i correct yes okay so after you told her what was the relationship like then it's very strained we don't we don't talk unless we have to like we had an uncle pass away earlier in the year and so that was you know something that like the family had to talk about so you know in instances like that we will talk and um, if, like, my parents invite all of us over for dinner or something, she will make a point to text me and say, hey, we're going to be there at this time, just so you know, and he will be with us, just so you know. So, I mean, she acknowledges that I'm uncomfortable around him and everything, but for one reason or another, she's deciding to stay with him, and I've learned to respect that decision and I mean I did my part in telling her and you know she's got all that information now it's up to her what she wants to do with it so you know after this you done told her what happened and now you know what you know and that she is staying with them did that you know I mean this is probably a crazy question but did that personally hurt you yeah it did, even though I talked over, like, all the outcomes of telling her with my therapist, you know, really having it happen and realizing, like, I'm not as important to her as I thought I was. Yeah, that, that hurt. It hurt a lot. And up until, like, maybe two or three months ago, I was still really struggling with that. But now, I mean, it's, I've done all that I can do. And I mean, that's about all I can say about that. It, she's got all the information and, you know, it's just up to her and what she wants to do for her life. 
but as part of my journey to healing, I needed to tell her. I mean, I feel a lot better than I used to after I told her, even though, you know, I basically lost my sister. So it's been a process um, of dealing with, like, my hurt emotions and basically grieving someone that is alive, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it You know, hearing that, and I'm trying to understand that, you know, it just seemed like, Camille, there was no support from her mom or dad or sister. I mean, she did say her brother. But, you know, the, you know, look like the sister would have would have whooped your, you know, brother-in-law's ass or something, you know. Mm. Camille, this is just, this is just, I'm just sitting here like, wow. Yeah, um, it's. It's, you know, when she told me, um, it's, it's like she's reading a page from my book because I can totally relate to her, like, to a T. And I know exactly what she's talking about. I know exactly where she's coming from. I don't have a relationship with my sister for the same reason. And it's like, okay, you know, um, sometimes you kind of see where you stand in people's lives and the people that mean the most to you, no matter what you tell them. So you just kind of learn to kind of like accept things for what they are and who they and who people are. And it took me a long time to accept that. And it is very at first like, okay, it's almost like you kind of know what that person, you almost kind of think you know what that person's going to say before you actually tell them what's going to come out of your mouth. Like you almost think you know what their reaction is going to be. So I, I understand what Cindy's saying because I've been there. And that's why I think I connected with her so much when I heard her story. It felt like she was reading a page out of my book. Well, sound like it to me and because I, it's when I, when I heard that and I said, wow, Camille went through the same thing. So yeah, I completely understand when you said that, you know, reading the page out of your book. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I, have, I don't think I've ever met anybody who had a story so similar to mine that it was like, okay, this is like, you know, I, I never have. So it was very like, took me back a little bit. And so the, I was very emotional that day. And, you know, I was like. If you live by me, I'd run to your house right now and give you a hug because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, like that. It was like that good of emotion of like, wow, you know, I, yeah, I connected with somebody. So, but I told her she is definitely like this survivor, this warrior who has made it through a lot and she didn't have her family support. And, you know, that's hard because I know what that's like to do it by yourself to be able to get through that and that's that's hard that's that takes a certain kind of person to kind of get through stuff like that by yourself oh yeah absolutely i agree and you know yeah. let me say this you talked to your therapist about this letter have your therapist ever said anything or come up with a plan to write a letter to your abuser or confront the abuser um we talked about it but i mean it's not my job to understand why he did what he did. It's my job to understand myself and tell myself that it wasn't my fault because for so many years, I believe that it was my fault. And yeah, like not having any support from anyone, I just, I needed to 
really learn how to love myself and accept myself. And, um, I mean, for a very brief period, I did wonder, like, maybe something happened to him or, like, the drugs he were he was on or something like that. But it feels pointless to confront him just because I feel like it's not going to change anything. And um, he went through a period where, like, he was very involved with his church and stuff. So I worry, like, that if I confront him, he'll just be like, well... You know, I went to church and I confessed my sins and I'm like a better person now. And that's and okay. That just, yeah. I mean, that's okay yeah. that he does that. But still, there is the pain that you're left with, though. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I've, I've spent so long trying to get rid of all that rage and anger and, you know, finally getting rid of that and really finding a way to move forward. It just doesn't seem like it would be worth it to confront him, you know, not give him that peace of mind that like, oh, like she's coming to me and she wants to talk about it. Like, I don't want him to feel better about it. <laughs> as horrible right. as that sounds, you know, I want him to be held accountable for his actions. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, Cindy, what's next? You you didn't, you didn't put it out there. You didn't confront it to your family, not confront it, but you told them about it. What is next for you? Hmm, I think next for me is just continuing to kind of develop my own family, you know, that isn't blood-related, like my friends and um, people who have become family over the years. They are, I mean, they are extremely important to me just because I never had that support system of, a normal, healthy family. And I just want to develop that good support system, especially now that I have a daughter. I want her to have, you know, aunts and uncles that will stick up for her and like grannies and grandpas and stuff that, you know, God forbid she ever ends up in a situation where she's abused. I want her to have a thousand people backing her up. Yes, yes. Um, so that is, that's what's next on my list. And um, just trying to help other people that have been through abuse. I try to be the most understanding and supportive person that I can possibly be. Just because you never know what someone's been through. and You might just be that person's saving grace. So I just, I just want to help right. people and develop a world of love for myself and for my daughter. Great. I want to say to you, Cindy, guess what? You are a survivor. You made it. Yeah. And even though you went through all those years of pain, you made it. And you did a very brave thing by coming on here tonight to tell your story. That was that's not easy for people, especially in your situation where most of your family turned their back on you because that's exactly what they did. When they were told that this happened, he should have been uh, approached immediately. And, and, and I'm sorry that that didn't go down that way. It doesn't mean that you're less of a human. You are beautiful inside out, and you are important. You are very essential to your husband and your brother and anybody 
that's in your family. And I'm sorry that you wasn't treated like that with your sister and your parents. Thank you. And thank you guys for letting me tell my story. Um, I was telling Camille that for like the past few months, I've been trying to find a way to get my story out there. And so it felt like Camille was just a godsend. And I'm, I'm glad that I was able to kind of get this weight off my shoulders, you know, like tell my story and hope that there might be other people out there that can relate and that it might give them the strength to do what they need to do to find their happiness and their strength and their peace. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Camille is an, is amazing. Uh, you're right. She's a god. Yeah. She's a godsend. When me and Camille uh, connected, and we started SVE, I mean, she works so hard on working with families after families and women after women, and it's just nonstop for her. And so, yeah, she, you're right. She's godsend for you, other women, because there's going to be other women she's going to talk to just like she talked to mm -hmm. you and to get you to come on this show. There he is. I want to say that while we have you here, we have an announcement. And this announcement, it comes at a time because it will help you. And then hopefully this announcement, you will be able to help others because we're going to bring survivors like you, Camille, and all of the women that that we have had on the show and we want them to be a part of the family so we are starting a survivors group me and camille had a long talk about it we our last episode with four strong women are going to run the group with us we're going to be one one family one click and we want to invite you to this group and anybody that you know, Cindy, we want you to invite them as well. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> you're, That's you're, really amazing of you guys. Yes, you're so welcome. And okay, yeah. Cindy, well, we done run out of time. We got to get out of here. So uh, please stay on the line and we'll tell you more about the group. Okay, guys. Okay, sounds good. We have come to the end. And I want you to understand something. Go to our Facebook page, Crime Pursuit Podcast. We want you to go there, interact with us. Go to our Instagram, at Crime Pursuit. Interact with us. Go to our Twitter, at Crime Pursuit. Interact with us. Now, we also have a, what we call a case discussion group. Now, this is for geared towards unsolved murders, uh, cases where women and children and even men that was murdered. And we're going to have live video case discussion. That starts June 29th at 8 p.m. And the case discussion group is by Crime Pursuit. Look it up. It's attached to our other Facebook. Look it up. Sign up. Come get involved. Also, we're going to be making an announcement about the survivor group. Because Camille and the other ladies are going to have a group where all of you can come and survivors can unite in one group. Okay? All right. We got to get up out of here. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.